The Reality Check podcast is brought to you by Skillshare.com. Click the link in the show notes now to get two months free premium access to all of my courses, as well as the thousands of others that are up there right now. If you want to learn how to do something and you're not sure where to find an instructor for it, Skillshare is the place to go. My courses go in depth on how to meditate for your mental health. So if you've been looking for an excuse to start meditating, or if you want to help support the podcast, click the link, sign up, and get started. Remember, the first two months are free, and you can cancel at any time. So I want to talk about trust, and in particular, how can you trust someone with a mental illness? So before you start messaging me with an uproar, hear me out, because I'm talking from a place of experiencing this from both sides. Let me spell it out for you. Someone that has a mental illness or a disability or some sort of thing that impacts their brain, by definition, how they're thinking is not normal. And I don't mean abnormal in the sense of them being a freak, but I do mean abnormal in the sense that whatever's going on in their mind is different from that of a quote-unquote regular person. Now, I'm speaking to this from a place of having mental illness myself and having issues down that path for the majority of my lifetime. So the reason I brought I bring this up is because the more I talk about this, the more it will become publicly known that I have and do suffer from mental illness. And the more I talk about my experiences, the more people will get a insight into my mind. Now, that will understandably make them judge me. And I don't mean judgment in a necessarily a negative way, but it will make people consider everything I say and do, at least partially through the lens of mental illness, right? So if if I say that I'm not feeling well, or if I cancel on an engagement, or if I seem a little bit upset or angry, or I come across as a bit depressed or anxious, if you know that I struggle with mental illness of some sort, it would be it wouldn't be a far jump to go, well, what's it's most likely that the mental illness is causing Zach to do these things. The problem with all of this is is that how can you know, with with that with that diagnosis and the understanding that it is impacting me because it does because if it didn't impact me I wouldn't be you know suffering from the mental illness right so I am legitimately impacted by it. Therefore, when people meet me and talk to me and interact with me, how can they trust me as a person? Well, the initial reaction is to go if you know the definition of the diagnosis and you know something about that diagnosis and you know I have it then you might start going, okay, well, I expect this from Zach and not these other things, and I will subsequently put my guard up. Now, maybe this is the case. Maybe this is the case when you discover someone has some sort of condition. You're now on edge because you're like, hmm, what does this mean about this person? If I say someone's got borderline personality disorder, if I say someone's an addict, if I say someone's got an eating disorder, if I say someone's got schizophrenia, right? If I say someone's got depression or has been suffering from suicidal thoughts, if I say someone's got autism, if I say someone's got Down syndrome, right? Instantly, we start thinking things about that person. We can't help it. That's what people do. And it's not, it's not a bad thing in the sense that 
you know, we're designed or we evolved to make snap judgments of our environment, of the people around us, just to keep us safe. Because, you know, if we if we can make a snap judgment, we know where we're at socially, physically, all of that sort of stuff. But now that we're in this case, how does that impact us? And how does that impact someone like myself who does suffer from men- mental illness in terms of making impressions and all that sort of stuff? And conversely, when I'm told that someone has a mental illness, or when I find out that they've got some sort of condition or past or history, what does that do for me? And is 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 there a way to combat those thoughts that come up, the cliches, the stereotypes, the stigma? Because one of the main drives that I've been going for here is stigma reduction. And the way that I sort of have been approaching it thus far is to say, hey, if you suffer from something, let's share your story. I've got the Share Your Story project. I'll link it below where people can share what their their experience with mental illness, trauma, and that sort of stuff has been. The idea being that if you share your story, you are able to show the reality and sort of break through that sort of stigma or stereotyped view. However, unless you take the time to read and investigate and talk to and really get an in-depth understanding of people with different conditions, you're not going to be able to break the stigma completely. So then I'm like, okay, how can I get a rule that I can live by myself, i.e. to project the person that I am, and also to see the people that I'm talking to for more than just their condition. And, you know, like, so what I've, what I've sort of realized is I need to judge people purely based on how they're treating me, purely based on their actions. What they think might be any range of things. I have no way of knowing that. Let's say you tell me you're thinking something. I don't know that that's the truth. You might not know what you're properly thinking, right? You might not, you might be a bit clouded in that regard. But what I do know are the actions that you're presenting me, right? So I've met people with borderline personality disorder that have treated me and the people around them terribly. Just not pleasant to be around, untrustworthy, and it sort of solidified a lot of those cliches. But conversely, I've met people that were the complete opposite. And we're very nice, very respectful, very caring, and we're sort of managing things. And the same is true for a plethora of conditions. People with depression that are in bed, letting their life just fall apart. Not intentionally, but that's just what's happening. Whereas other people are every day getting up, going to work, and actively fighting it to every part in the spectrum in between. People that have had a similar past to mine with a traumatic childhood have gone down the self-harm, addiction, abusiveness, continuing that cycle with, you know, their kids or their family members or other people in their lives and other people going the complete opposite direction. And once again, every spectrum in between. So what I've realized is, is that I should judge people based on their actions, based on what they're doing, what they're saying, what I can observe their behavior being. Their diagnosis is relevant, but it's also very much not. What am I seeing from this person right now? What am I getting in? What have they done to me? What have they done with me? What things of their actions do I take as a good or a bad thing? And do I like those actions? And based on their actions, I will judge that person and then keep them more or less in my life. 
Same thing's true for people with addictions. My father was an addict and it made his life go down a terrible path. But I've met other people that you would argue are addicted to certain substances, but it hasn't it hasn't ruined the the character or the person that they are. They're there, they're doing their stuff, they're treating people, including myself and the people around them well, but they just happen to be inebriated while doing it. Right? I've said it before, but it's worth mentioning again. If someone's always angry when they're drunk, right? If someone's an aggressive drunk and they get drunk once in a blue moon, you might want to forgive them, maybe, your call, obviously, for that instance, because they got drunk, they got aggressive, but they don't get drunk often. Maybe you forgive them, maybe you don't. No judgment there, that's not the point. But let's say they get drunk three times a week, and you know that it's the alcohol that makes them aggressive. But if they're getting drunk three times a week, or four times, or however many times a week, that's becoming part of their personality. They're always getting drunk, and when they're drunk, they're always being abusive. That, to me, suggests that they're an abusive person, right? It might be the alcohol or whatever drug causing it, but ultimately, they're taking that drug continually, and their actions are causing them to be abusive to you. So, like I said, I haven't fully fully thought through this whole process, but I'm trying to work on I'm trying to work on judging people based on their actions alone, what I am seeing them doing, what I'm seeing them saying. Does that make sense? That's really what I'm trying to get across here. It's very easy to fall into the cliches, the stereotypes, the stigmas, and all of that sort of stuff based on ill-informed information. But you can judge someone based on what they are doing with you, what they're doing with other people, what you observe yourself. Let me know in the comments below what you think about this, because I'm very curious to sort of investigate down this path further as a way to actively reduce stigma, first by sharing our own stories, and then by judging people based on what you see them doing. Let me know. So I want to give it people a quick update on the Skillshare courses I'm doing. I've received at least 50 odd reviews across the three courses that I've got up, and they're all exceedingly positive. I'm I'm just blown away by how how uh, well received these projects are becoming, and I'm going to dedicate some more time to keep going down that path. For those that haven't checked them out, I'll check the link down below, and you can see the Skillshare courses. Like I said, I've got three up. The first few courses that I'm focusing on are revolving around meditation for mental health. The first one is mindfulness for meditation for mental health. The second one is using meditation to overcome panic attacks or different strategies to overcome panic attacks. And the third one is present state awareness. That's the one that I've just released and haven't really spoken about it. So I'm going to quickly talk about it now. The concept of present state awareness is basically right now, observe what you're feeling through your feet. What can you feel, right? In this moment, what, are, what sensations are coming in? The idea of this is that it will draw your attention out of your mind, out of the ruminations, out of the pressions, out of the anxiety, all that sort of stuff into the present moment based on the sensation coming in from your feet. The idea of this course is, and what it will teach you to do, is it will give you a method of becoming aware of the present moment based on what your senses are telling you. What can you see, hear, touch, taste, and smell? I like this approach because you can use it as a way to counteract mental afflictions in the, in the present moment. Right now, what what are you sensing? What are you feeling? And that way you can very quickly train yourself to come back to the present moment when you notice your mind going off. So like I said, click the link um, down below and you'll get access to all of my courses. If you sign up, you get two months free 
as a trial period and you can cancel any time. So you can check out my courses and all the other courses and just cancel. Um, I do get a bit of a kickback from Skillshare when people sign up via that link. So it's a great way to support what I'm doing here with only upsides for you. Um, and on the other side of things, Skillshare is amazing because it's a bunch of people with a bunch of different expertise from around the world teaching you stuff. So unlike school where you're forced to get the teachers that are just local, right? You can choose which teachers from around the world to teach you whatever you want to be taught. So for example, I'm doing a class on character building. There's a lady that teaches, you know, basically how to write and being a, you know, burgeoning writer, I want to learn how to do fiction better. I feel like I've got the nonfiction side of stuff down pat and I'm able to go down that path, but I know my character development, other things in my writing needs improvement. So what am I doing? I'm learning it. Same thing for a bunch of different skills. Any topic, there's a bunch of stuff up there. I will be going down the path of doing all the stuff that I've got from my book, How to Get Your Shit Together, um, in the sense of there's a bunch of chapters in the book that will directly relate to a video lesson. And the idea being that through the video lesson, you'll be able to access the book and through the book, you'll be able to access the video lessons and they'll provide good compliments. For some people prefer it written or audio books. Other people prefer visual and you, I can sort of go into a, a different sort of depth with the video courses that I can't with the book and vice versa. So it's sort of all going to connect up together. So yeah, check it out. And there really is no reason to, to not try it because like I said, two months free, cancel any time, helps me out, helps you out, helps everyone out. And if you're looking for an excuse to start meditation, get onto it because uh, it, it truly is the cornerstone of my mental health. I meditate every morning, mindfulness meditation. There's a course on that that I've put up and there's a distinct reason for it. No matter what's happening in my life, no matter what, I will guarantee myself that time. That is the the quintessential first thing for my mental health, mindfulness meditation. Everything else comes after that. I exercise so much every day, right? Two to four hours daily. I'm in the gym in some capacity using my body. I value meditation over that. I don't eat sugar. I don't drink. However, if I had to choose between meditation and going down that that diet path of drinking and, and sugaring, if, if that's what it took to meditate, I would definitely do it. I see therapists. I write for myself. I do a bunch of self-care. All of that aside, if I could only choose one thing to change, meditation. That is what I would suggest to everyone as the core, the lead domino in your mental health. So with that in mind, I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. Check out the course. Check it out. Free entry. Two months. Cancel any time. Start meditating and start feeling great. Final thing I want to suggest is, like I said, with the book, How to Get Your Shit Together, or my other two books, Under the Influence and Upgrade, they're all available as paperbacks, ebooks, and audiobooks. And I'm far and away getting more sales on the audiobooks. And I think that makes sense because, you know, it's in your ear, you can take it anywhere, that sort of stuff. I think my sales about are a hundred to one. For every hundred audiobook sales, I'll get one physical or ebook sale. And I think that's just testament to the society that we're in. We'd love to have it, you know, in our ears. It's convenient. Once again, if you I've got them up on Audible, and if you purchase, if you sign up to Audible via that link, I get a bit of a kickback and you get that first book for free. So 
I'll put a link to my book section on my website where you can check out a bit more information about those three books and the other books that I've got coming up. And if you like the idea, once again, sign up. It's free. You get the free book. Cancel any time. You get to read it and, yeah, enjoy. So with all that in mind, if you want to contact me, if you've got a question to ask, any of that sort of stuff, I'm on social at Zach P. Phillips and my website's Zachary-Phillips.com. I suppose finally, thank you to everyone that's been reaching out and connecting with me with the direct messages and all that sort of stuff. It always blows my mind when someone's like, hey, I've been following you for two, three years and I finally had the guts to say hi. It makes my day. It really does because a lot of what I'm doing, I'm talking to a screen. I'm looking at my phone right now. I'm looking at my computer. But, you know, like like given what I'm talking about, people don't connect as much as they could and it's a bit lonely. But when people connect to me and say, hey, I've been watching your stuff, it just, it, it touches me in some way because it's shows that I'm, I'm doing all this for a purpose. So once again, thank you.